to Elevated Impressions. Welcome to Elevated Impressions. My name is Sean, and today I am elevated on a hybrid breed called Summertime Rush. And this is Cal, and today I'm elevated on a hybrid strain called Florida Triangle. Thank you for joining us today on Elevated Impressions, where we're going to be discussing episode two of House of the Dragon, The Rogue Prince. In this episode, we get to see the continuation from Dam- uh, Damon's banishment to Dragonstone, the results of that. We get to also see that progression between um, Viserys and Alice at Hightower. Uh, we get to see Rhaenyra and her resulting life now that she is the heir to the throne. Um, and we get some more dragons in this. So let's jump into it here and we'll get it kicked off here with our first introduction of the new opening theme. Sean, what did you think about that? I loved it. Um, let me say, I had a friend over watching this episode. I will never do that again. Um, <laughs> ah. I talked to a goddamn much. Um, and I was like, shut up. Um, from the very beginning, from because I was so enthralled by the opening thing. I was like fascinated. And this motherfucker kept talking. And I was like, hello, don't you see me watching TV? <laughs> so I loved it as well. Luckily, I didn't have anyone talking through it. Um, and I was a little bit disappointed when it first started because I thought we were going to get that little bit of a remix to the theme song that we got that they were playing in the first episode. It had a slight little changes to it. Um, so I thought we would get to get that kind of theme or some other theme for what's more symbolic to the Targaryens. Um, but as the credits went along and it was just playing and the crescendos went up and went down, I was like, nah, I'm good for this. Yeah, let's go. And I was in it. I was in it. I was loving it. Now, mind you, I was a bit confused. So I had to go back and you know research what the hell was actually happening in that scene. But the whole entire scene is a tower, which portrays the bloodlines of the Targaryens. And then their crowns is what projects up as they're dead and killed. Their dials go down, blood soaks in, and it continues that bloodline. So it shows all of that going through. So in my assumption, I'm guessing as this goes along, that's going to be what we're going to see changing. When people die, their dials will go down and float up in blood and continue forward. When they have children, I'm guessing that if it continues in time with a new child, then it's going to expand that bloodline too to that new child once it's related to the Targaryen household and the impacts of the whole story. So I thought that was really Cool. Yeah, it was a great design. I can't wait to see how it changes over the seasons, especially because like in this one. Oh, about the song, too. I kind of also had that same train of thought that you had regarding the song. And I still haven't decided how I feel about it 100 percent. Part of me hopes that um, it was they were just doing it for nostalgia reasons. And moving forward, <laughs> it'll be a new theme. Um, but then a part of me is also like you know what that's branding you know so i'm just gonna let them have it exactly but, yeah um in regards to like the visuals that we saw after we saw uh Rhaenyra, it kind of like the camera kind of like pans and turns away so we don't get to see the like where her bloodline flows and the rest of her family tree if you will um so as time moves on and we see that she does have relations with other characters and she does have children it'll be interesting to see how that's depicted especially um the fathers of those children exactly that's going to be interesting to see uh so let's jump into the episode here uh we get to find out that this is six months now in advance uh half a year from the passing um of balon and emma 
Emma killed Emma and Balon, baby Balon, you know, the air that air for a day. Um, and so we get to see Rhaenyra and we get to see Viserys in the council going through their new life. Um, but funny call out that we hear from later on from Rhaenys is that even though Rhaenyra is named now heir to the throne, she's still the cupbearer for everybody. Um, and we get to see her opinion of how to take care of uh, Kragis the Cragfeather that um, that Corliss Valerian calls out is basically shot down and she's basically like shooed away. Uh, what did you think about that? Do you think it's interesting that they're still putting her in that place? That is really I think a cupbearer is a great place for somebody who's going to be king slash queen to be. You get to sit in all the council meetings. You get to learn how to be king. I don't. I think Rainice is bitter and I'm kind of over it to be quite honest um, because <laughs> help your family member you know you know that this thing happened to you and it was unfair help her get to the position where she can do that that's how i feel about it um yeah she it's giving bitter and i want her to have a better storyline um <laughs> yeah i think i think that's a great place for her to be i mean it kind of mirrors aria from game of thrones she was tywin's cupbearer for a while and she learned so much about politics in the time that she was there so true but she still the same place as Arya is with real no power. Like, I would think that if this was a male heir, I don't think he'd be the cupbearer in this manner. And I don't think- I think it depends because if you look at Jon Snow, when he was at the Night Watch, the dude was like, you're gonna come and work for me. You're gonna clean my toilets and shit because you're gonna run this shit one day. That's why he put Jon Snow in that position. He said that, so, and that was a boy. But Jon Snow was serving the Lord Commander directly, not the cupbearer for everybody. Rhaenyra was serving people that she's supposed to be leading. That's, that was where the, the distinction is usually put when we're rolling someone into a place of power. I but guess. I mean, she's not there. following them around. She's filling up their cups because they're in a meeting with her dad. So, I mean, if she's serving them all throughout the day, she's not serving them all the day. She is in a meeting of the minds of kings of land, King Landing, like of the seven kingdoms. I think that's a great place for her to be. I think Rainey's is just better. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get to see her move from there to go ahead and show that even though she is a cupbearer and even though she is put in place, she does have the technical know-how to rule. Um, we get to see her go to pick uh, the next replacement for Sir Ryan from the Kingsguard, uh, who died. We don't really tell us how he died, but we know Sir Ryan is important because he is recognized later on in Game of Thrones um, when there's a scene between um, Jon Snow and Rob, where they're talking about who they're going to be when they're fighting each other. Uh, John, uh, Rob says he's going to be the Kingslayer, and Jon Snow says he's going to be Sir Ryan. So Sir Ryan is an important character, and they're replacing him now. And Rhaenyra shows off and shows that she has the technical know-how better than Otto Hightower, who was trying to scheme someone into the place of power. Uh, Rhaenyra was like, nah, let, let's have someone who has actual combat ability to protect my father. I thought that was pretty cool that they gave us a scene like that to, to let us also know that Otto is like everyone else he plays the game and we get to see this a lot more for Otto Hightower as it goes through um any cool call outs that you thought about there um no I think um you know they're just showing two sides of the coin I think some people would would argue that she did not make the right decision there um and you got to play the game and it is about politics so I think like I said in the last episode I think they're showing a lot of things um that are going to make so much more sense once we see how things play out later on 
Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. But for me, it still kind of gives that callback of like when you had Ned Stark roll up and do his thing and you had a little finger being like, now nah, you got to play the game. Um, it could work out the same way where it could work out completely different. So we'll see. Um, but I, I like Sir Kristen Cole being brought, brought in there because we get to see that fun little scene later on in the end. Um, but from there, we move on to get this little Viserys and Alicent being together and Viserys, we find out about Viserys' rotten finger before that and his maggot bath and the finger and everything. People online are saying that his finger is potentially grayscale, which is interesting, right? Because the, the way they showed it, it introduced it, it was a cut by the throat. So like, I don't know how they're going to that, but you know, as we know in the book, it's supposed to get to that. But what did you think? Do you think it's grayscale already or do you think this is something that they're just popping up and then the you know potential of grayscale might come later um i don't know um i think that sure it could be grayscale if they wanted to add something exciting to the show um and they might do that and i, I won't care to be honest <laughs> <laughs> and i won't care to be honest the exciting stuff happens after he's dead anyway so <laughs> <laughs> Just disrespecting Viserys like that. Like I'm just ready. Like, let's move this shit along. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I find the Viserys and Alicent thing interesting, right? Because he drops the Valerian, the Black Dread sculpture. She calls out and talks to him about what it was like writing Valerian, the Black Dread, and everything like that. But then that sculpture is the thing that, like, gives their little romantic scene later on. Um, and it was funny because I'm like, that's that's really all it took. Like, a little sculpture. You, she repaired your sculpture. Oh, now he's he says he's the one for him. <laughs> um, what are you gonna say about them? <laughs> <laughs> but Allison is going through it though, because as you can see, her, she's still tearing up her fingers, and as it goes through it, she's tearing up the entire motherfucking episode. Um, she goes and has that scene with Renera in the set where she's trying to act like she's not wooing Renera's daddy right now by the commands of her daddy. Who hot damn? Uh-huh. Uh, then we got right after that <laughs> selling off his daughter Lena with that fucking horrible ass wig. I don't I did not like that wig. I don't know what they did with that, but hey, teach their own. Um someone called out it was kind of funny though, because Corliss Valerian is the richest guy in the Seven Kingdoms, but he can't afford a better wig for his daughter. Uh that was funny. No comment on that either. Sounds like a lot of people um that were talking shit about Blue Ivy when she had her hair all over the place when she was younger too. Oh wow! Oh okay! Yeah. All right, we, we we see the direction we're going today. All right. <laughs> well then, I just I feel like might... people always have something to say about people of color's hair, so let's just move on. What else? <laughs> <laughs> You're making it sound like that little girl did all here. I'm just saying. I mean, that's how they made it seem about Blue Ivy too. Like she's a child. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we get to see Renera and um, Rhaenys uh, having a little speech together. Um, I feel like that kind of gave a callback um, from when Cersei was giving that talk to Sansa about in the men of the realms and how what it is to be a woman. It was kind of the same kind of situation. And I felt like it was a good little tip of advice, but I'm curious to, to your thought where you were thinking that Rhaenys should help out her family member. What do you think she could have done other than give Renera that, hey, you know, this is what you should expect from men in this realm kind of advice. This is what you should expect from men, so here's how to approach it. Not just give up, there's no hope. Sorry. I was going to be queen, it didn't happen to me, it'll never happen for you either. Very bitter. But is that not mankind? Is that not what we do right now? It happens all the time. That's what I just do. want better for people, that's all. 
well, Renice is trying to get better for herself. So she's trying to get her daughter to be queen. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're still going to be the queen who never was this. But if her daughter's queen, then that's still a one up. It's is it? It technically you're, is. You're the still queen. the queen who never was. You're still the queen who never was. But now my daughter's the queen. So now my bloodline is now fully integrated into it. And your I have bloodline already integrated because your cousin's king, sis. But it's disconnected. You're it? already married to the richest man in all the seven kingdoms. Like, come on. But he ain't got no power, clearly. He got shut down consistently from the start of and this And he's gonna go take power for himself, as we saw in the next trailer. You don't watch those, but he's gonna go do it for himself. I, I did watch it. I did watch it. We'll get to that. Yeah, look at that. Yeah! <laughs> I, I watched that, and I watched the behind the scenes. What? What you? We got time this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, after But no, I wanted to go back for a second. Um, Back to, what was the girl's name? Lena? Lena, the daughter? Yeah, um, I, there's a lot of people, People, you know, or a lot of people are upset on social media because she's like four and he's like 100, right? And um, I get that, you know, pedophilia, I hate it, bad, it's bad, 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 bad. Um, but did we forget that Tyrion also married Sansa when she was like 12? Yeah, we, we, we yeah, currently they are. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, that's the show. That's the show we're watching, y'all. I, it's definitely what it is, right? That's that's the culture and the time, the way it was in time at, at that point in time. Um, and the thing though is, it's kind of interesting how they like literally just sell them off, <laughs> like legit. Or yeah. was like, hey, take her. I, mm-hmm. I find it funny, funny when Viserys was like, so what did your dad tell you to say, and what did mm-hmm. your mom tell you? To say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, her mama like Rainice's uh, advice was, "Don't worry, you ain't got to do nothing in another three three years or so. Don't worry about yeah. it." <laughs> yeah. Oh man, That's the times. Look, and him consult consulting that um that council member strong to ask his advice and shit. I'm like, what what did that what did that supposed to do? Like the, the dude was telling you the truth. Like he already knew it. The logical choice, right, is to join with the Valerians. They are the most powerful house. They have the ships, ships and dragons. You know, you rule, you get shit done. Um, but Viserys already knew what he was going to do. Like, he, we saw it from when he met Lena and was like, nah, this, I ain't about that life. So, like, mm-hmm. that whole thing was pointless. Um, the point love- was for the audience. True. Yeah, yeah we can get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fluff piece, but yeah. I, I well, not necessarily love- fluff. I think that it um just uh like emphasizes that everybody was like pick her, and he still went the other way. Ah, uh, okay. Now that makes sense. Where we're getting the Rob conversations online because they're doing the Rob versus of the series. Rob. <laughs> to pick the other chick. Um yeah. what's her name from High Tower? No, not High Tower. Um Renly's old wife, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. No, Renly? was it her? Right? Who's Renly? Renly, the prince uh, uh Brathian. Brathian, uh his old wife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's her name? The twin. Shit, not High Tower. I cannot remember their name. The flower. They oh, are Oh, oh yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were and telling Rob? him. Yeah, were they telling him to marry her? No, he was supposed to marry the dude who um they, they needed to cross his bridge or something, and he had some daughters. And... Oh yes, the old dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yep, you're right. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, I think that they, I think that's what, that was one of that. They just wanted to express that everybody's saying do this and King Viserys is like, nah, I'm gonna do this. Same thing with, um, you know, last week when most of the people on his table were like, you need to name your brother heir. He was like, nah, bitch, my daughter. <laughs> I think, you know, they're just trying to show that he's not doing what they want him to do. He was fucking everything And up. the same thing with his daughter when she, she was like, um circle obviously and he was like excuse me you need to hear about the other place and she was like sir i said what i said <laughs> just building up the sides well that definitely makes sense and that that break is where you're going to see it um it kind of calls back to the you know the prediction that the targaryens are supposed to know best and the targaryens are supposed to be the better version of everything and it's what targaryens always the do gods. they don't really They're supposed to be the gods counseling. yeah mm-hmm. they don't really listen to counseling um and I, I loved Otto's little speech when he was telling him to, you know, oh, I couldn't imagine, you know, picking someone else after my wife if I didn't love or care for them while he's selling out his daughter to this man. Mm-hmm. But you, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't fault Otto for his scheming, right? And it's, if you think about it, it's a double scheme, right? Right here, because he's not only trying to more or less overthrow Viserys in a, in a long game, right? Because he knew he knows Viserys is on the way out. He knows about Viserys' sickness and shit like that. But I feel like this is also one up against Damon because guess what? If Otto gets in there, his his grandkid could be king. So like, hey, Otto playing the Game of Thrones. I could, you yeah. know, right? Yeah, no, he no definitely passion. is. No passion for Otto. I I can't stand them. So <laughs> I try not to be too passionate about my hate for them before we get too far in the story. But <laughs> I can't stand them. <laughs> Oh, shit. So right before we get to one of the best scenes in the first two episodes so far, um, we get to see Otto doing his little speech to Allison, asking her uh, if she's going to go see the king again tonight and then calling her out for chewing on her fingers and whatnot. But my thing is, right, I understood that Otto understood that he was probably going to die the next day. I feel like that's what's his thing. Like, he's probably going to die because there's no way Otto thought rolling up on Damon with his dragon, he was going to win. Like, I feel like he was trying to coax Damon to do something um, and see if he can find a way to, you know, call it out as a way to overstep Damon in the long run. But I think he was going to die. Like, I feel like that's what he was going with it. You think Otto was going in there with the intention of, like, dying in some way? Because And you're saying that's why he was having that conversation with his daughter the night before about going to sleep with the yeah. king? Um, no, no. I think, um, I think, um, Otto assumed the king would just be, you know, alone and without, you know, everybody there because everybody's leaving to go handle Damien. It's the perfect time. Go get in his bed. You going to see the king tonight? Hop in his bed, bitch. He's just pimping his daughter out because he, listen, I'm trying not to be too passionate about my hate for them. (laughs) (laughs) He just Uh, pimping his daughter out and she is just doing it. So, you know, I can't stand them. Well, now we get to see Dragonstone in its full glory. Um, we get to roll up and we see the winding stairs and the fog-covered setting. I feel like that was a great it intro. Was really and do it. Like you yeah. get to see a Targaryen ship in the bay as well. It was coming in. Oh, Dragonstone. Beautiful. Um, and now in terms to that conversation between Otto and Damon, it was like a whole double barb kind of situation. But I feel like Kristen Cole, like he... 
he he did he did his thing because he stepped up and he was like, yeah, well, don't you remember when I unseated you, Damon? Damon was like, damn, nice, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Rhaenyra flying it. Thoughts on that, Sean? How did you feel loved about it. that? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. And when she stepped him and she said, um, excuse me, <laughs> this is mine. <laughs> this is mine. I'm the princess of Dragonstone. And if you have a problem with that, you're going to have to kill me. Mic drop. Thank you. I'll be taking this egg back that you stole from us. Thank you. Goodbye. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Put that bitch back on the fire coals and dipped out. Did what you couldn't do, Mr. Otto. Like, it was great to see her step off and be very Daenerys in this scene. Because the way she flew in was very Daenerys. The way she landed and hopped off was very Daenerys. She was even wearing an outfit that was pretty close to what Daenerys wore in color style and everything, too. Uh, it was great to see. Um, and I loved, <laughs> um, what's her name, Mysteris's face, when she mm -hmm. found out that Damon was telling everybody that not only are they getting married, but she's already pregnant. Poor girl. Yeah. A change from the book. Definitely, because she was supposed to be. Um, yeah. But I feel like it was it, it was a good scene to show in terms to setting up the fact that Damon is stretching the truth so much in every every little way he could because he got his ass beat by Sir Kristen Cole when he was acting like he was super tough and shit. And now mm -hmm. to and to be towards the throne, he's making up lies about having children uh, with, for lack of a better word, she was a whore at the time. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what it is. It's kind of showing that Damon is just doing things for attention. Like that's that's all we're getting at right now. He's just doing things for attention. Yeah, I could see that. I don't, I don't hate Damon. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, perhaps he is just, um, he at least loves Rhaenyra. We know that. Ah, okay. I don't know where that stretch was coming from to the, this time around because his love for, for Rhaenyra, he legit purposely spied her because that was the egg she chose for her little brother's cradle. He yeah, told, he figured. He figured that's the egg for the next heir, and my son's gonna be the next heir, so I'll give it to him. But based off of the way it said, there were other dragon eggs, so he could have chosen a different. But one. this is the dragon egg that's we've already selected this for the next heir. Why would I give something lesser to my son? Uh, yeah. okay. My son is gonna be the next heir. Why would I? Why would I give him a lesser egg? That's dumb. Team Damon, all the way. Okay. Okay. Not, not all the way. Not all the way. Not all the way. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I'll let you know what he's doing too too much. She not right now. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the even though I love Rhaenyra's flying in, I still love seeing um, Caraxi showing up, like mm -hmm. the, to air the call of the dragon before seeing it come over, and mm -hmm. like the way the snakes its neck its neck through and came up first and was just like, "Yo, yeah. what, what you about? What, what you trying to yeah. do? Like, yeah. are you feeling drunk and jump?" And I'm yeah. like, and to be hey. honest, when Rhaenyra showed up, I was like, girl, your little baby dragon, I can do nothing to um, uh, homeboy. So, uh, even, uh, and that, you know, takes me back to, you know, at least he, he, it shows he really loves her because he could have handled her if he needed to, right then and there. He could have handled her. Ah, uh, uh, you, 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 you're still doing the love thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure, 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 sure. Cool, 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 cool. Oh, but then after all that's done and said, we get back to it to see that Viserys is there. He was having that conversation with Strong about who to marry. And then Rhaenyra comes back from Dragonstone. And now we get the worst insult to Rhaenyra, I think, all season. Like, homeboy was like, I don't want 
a rift between us. And he sat down and had this nice old conversation. And then the next day was like, hey, I'm marrying your best friend, dog. He was like, you know, what could I do to ensure that we don't have, you know, have any issues kind of stuff and then marries her best friend. He knew, he knew that shit was going to blow up in his face. He knew it. Do you think he should have given her some kinds of heads up? Listen, he absolutely should have, but am I surprised? No, because that's how men are. And, um, you know, they be trying to protect their best interests and they don't want to tell the full story. They want to tell the parts. Because he did. He told Beatrice. He was like, you know, he did get her to understand that he needed to remarry. That's how niggas do. They want you to... <laughs> they want to tell you pieces of the story to get you on their side until they want to reveal it for their own benefits. That's how they are. Ain't no real lie there. I can't, I can't, I can't uh, do that. That's kind of how it goes. Because he knew what he was doing. He basically got her to agree to it. She was like, yeah, you do. It is your duty to remarry. And then left out the most important part, you know? <laughs> that I'm remarrying your best friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that bitch ain't no better than he is either. So. Who, Allison? Yes. What you mean? Earlier in the episode, Rhaenyra's like, you know, telling her about how she feels, you know, they trying to me marry my dad just so he can have a new heir to replace me. And then this bitch the whole time, girl, that sounds awful. You know, you should talk to him. Bitch, you know what the fuck you was doing. But she ain't got no choice in the matter. Okay, well then say that. I'm doing this and I don't have a choice. You my best friend. That would take a lot of maturity for a 15 year old. Okay. Well, yeah, I, th I think I think you're putting a fifteen-year-old who who doesn't Honey, have that. The fourteen-year-old is getting married and having kids, but she can't be. She we cannot hold her to tell the fucking truth to her best friend. We can't hold her to tell the truth to her best friend. That's what you're saying. I just Absolutely. Understand. Because she was not taught to be that way. She was taught very much so to be subservient. She's more okay. Well, guess what, bitch? I've been taught to not trust bitches that don't tell the truth. I thought we were holding in your hate. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it starts, y'all. This is where my anger for this bitch starts. This is where it started. Damn. Look, you can't be out here blaming Allison. She ain't got no choice in the matter. No, whatever, bitch. You see how this poor child's tearing up her fingers. Yeah, that's a guilty conscience. Exactly, but she ain't got no choice. It's like her dad, her dad said. Just say that. Me. Just say that. That's said. Just say that. That's what. I, this, this is all I want. Listen, I am not mad at people for being the people that they are. Just be honest with that. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm ever saying. Just be honest with who the fuck you are. That's all. Yeah, yeah. They, they could, they could, they could do that. But if they did that, would we have a story though? We wouldn't because everything would end with, well, this is what I'm doing, and then we go, okay, cool, done. Nah, it don't, it's not cool. It ain't cool. I'm still gonna get on my dragon and fuck y'all up. <laughs> but you know I'm gonna do that so right wait, now. But I'm gonna wait, do it right now. What is the incentive to tell the truth? And if you still gonna burn me with your dragon, just skip all that extra shit. Let's skip all this extra shit and get right uh, to it, bitch. Uh, yeah, let's just get right to it, honey. Uh, see, see, mm -mm, I don't think you'd survive in Game of Thrones. I don't know. You wouldn't survive that life. Uh. You wouldn't. You'd be out here like well, the fucking mad king, burning everybody left and right. I absolutely <laughs> would. I absolutely would. Jokaris on all you hoes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we need today in 2022 but that's why i don't have a dragon i think that's why a lot of people don't got a dragon you know yeah. oh, dragons don't now do much else than uh, cause havoc and mayhem um, but we round this episode out seeing our first ep uh glimpse of Kragus the crab feeder and i will say i didn't expect anything gruesome this episode from the way that it was like you know a constant setup of something going to clash and let down clash and let down i didn't think we'd get to see what we got to see but that shit was gruesome and a little bit creepy what did you think 
Um, agreed. Agreed. You have no passion for it. Yeah. I, I, I thought this was a great episode. I don't think it was as great as the first one. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. People are also calling out the potential of Craig as having um, Craig uh, Grayscale as well, based off of, I believe it was in the behind the scenes episode, uh, where they showed a little bit more of a more of a panned out vision of him. And you could see on his shoulder, he had like, it looked like Grayscales on his shoulder itself. Um, so I think that's going to be a, a great setup to see how that all ties in together in the long run. Yeah, y'all really interested about this Grayscale stuff. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's cute. I love that for y'all. Wow. What? Wow. Well, this was much more of a more peaceful episode than the first one. I definitely think I like the path that they're going with it and the way that they're adding into the story compared to what the books provided with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I like the little touches where you get to see characters who you were told were betrayed, but never really understood how the betrayal occurred. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty fun, too. And we got to see more dragons. Now, mind you, next episode is going to be much more brutal because uh, we get to see that there's going to be that war in the Stepstones. Um, yeah. Any predictions there? Um, I don't. I doubt we're going to flash forward a bit because I, I feel like maybe maybe months again if they do go forward just to get that war and that piece rolled up because right now yeah. you get to Corliss just start setting up his plot with Damon. Um, and we get to see Damon kind of defend his brother a bit in that episode, in that scene too. So I don't think we'll get to jump right to it unless they flash forward a little bit. They're definitely flashing forward a bit um, because in the trailer they show Allison's first kid already. Yes, because that auto calls out having a son. Yeah. Um, um, they're definitely skipping forward, um, which is cool. We got a lot of time to cover. So, yeah, go, you know, get to it. Shit. <laughs> Except in that Corliss and Damon scene, though. What did you think about that? Where Corliss was like proposing their joint union yeah. called Second Brothers and said that whole line that Damon was like, uh, no, you can talk shit about my brother, but uh, I can talk shit about my brother, but you can't kind of stuff. Yeah, I. Um... It didn't really excite me to be honest um but i will say it just made me it just reinforced my what i've been saying about how they are uh they are i think they're doing a fantastic job of showing us what we need to see so that when you know civil war breaks out we understand why people are siding with who they're siding with and why you know people get mad (laughs) when you don't side with who the fuck you're supposed to be siding with so i think they're doing a great i think it, it, that's gonna be this whole season i've seen a lot of people saying they're bored um they expected more i don't know what they expected more of because again i keep we're taking them back to season one of game of thrones where nothing happens except for Bran being pushed out the window like give it a break you know already so much more has happened than what happened in season one of game of thrones so I'm not getting that. Um, I yeah, there's a lot of talking, but Game of Thrones always have a lot of talking. So I don't know what. That's what you said. And you had to just divulge, like, okay, what did that yeah. mean? What did that mean? And who did say that? And how? Yeah, that's that's what Game of Thrones is. That's the whole Game of the Throne yeah. piece. Like, and this is only episode two. I don't think any season of Game of Thrones episode two things were popping off. If anything, you got the first episode if it was picking up from the previous season that something popped off, and then the second episode was always the lull. It was never the they never had two back-to-back episodes where shit was popping off. You got to see blood and guts and fighting and everything with two back-to-back. So I don't know yeah. what people are expecting. It's been a while, I guess, since Game of Thrones was on. So they've just forgotten. Uh, well, I'm still loving this shit because I, I love, love it, yeah. 
love the little web that they're building and putting together. And so I'm waiting to see things explode because that's what they're doing. It, it's, the, it's the lull before the storm. It's the, the, the setup. Like, we need this. This is necessary, in my opinion. Yeah. I will say, though, um, that perhaps if I had not read the book, um, I might find some of the things boring as well. But because I know what they're setting up with a lot of the scenes, it makes it more exciting for me. But I can remember going back to um, first couple of seasons of Game of Thrones before I read any of the books and being like, I mean, I didn't even fit, I didn't even continue watching it after season two. I got bored and stopped watching it. Um, but going back and watching seasons one and two, now I can appreciate all of those setups. But my first time watching it, it was just like, what the fuck is this and what are they doing? So I, I, I get people saying it's boring, but trust me, it is imperative that they say the things and do the things that they're doing right now so that when shit starts popping off, it all makes sense. I get that, right? But I don't see how you can not see what they're trying to do. They're making it blatantly obvious. Every, every I think it's running. blatantly obvious because you know. You know, people don't <laughs> know what they don't know. I'm not even talking about like going down the long road of what's going to happen. If you put together the little bit of clues that they started off with, ready? They called out the fact that he needs an ear. They showed you from the beginning that the last time there were, an ear was missing from the throne direct line, it was gone to a woman and then it was passed over. Remember, Renice calling that out again in this episode to let you know that, hey, last time a woman was in place, I was passed over. And then you have the situation with uh, Damon fighting for power back and forth and how he's trying to show off and how he's trying to do this. He came in sitting on the throne and like everything has been slowly called out in terms to what's building up for a conflict. It's literally, and they even had it saying um, when they called out in the beginning how they are the only thing that could destroy the Targaryens were the Targaryens themselves. Like they constantly let you know that, hey, this is going to boil down to a conflict internally. And that's, I don't, I get it that, you know, if you, you, you read the book, so there's, we understand that the long, long term, but just, just from what they're showing alone, the pieces are there. But as we all know, there are two types of show watchers. There's me who looks at every little nugget piece and puts the pieces together. And then there's you who you're like, yeah, cool, great. I need the action. And then after the action draws you and then you'll go back and be like, ah, okay, let me watch this again and pay attention now. It, it's, it's, but it's, it's, it's very obvious and blatant compared to Game of Thrones season one. Like there's no way you could have picked up this kind of stuff in Game of Thrones season one. It was, it was very much not to put together in this matter. Well, this is Sean. And this is Scal. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Zippy Stream, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for flying us with us, folks, and see you next time in Elevated Impressions. Thanks for flying with Elevated Impressions.